Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. This has been one of these weeks which seem peculiar to Israel, moving from the down-to-earth bargaining of politics to somber and then joyous ceremonies of national commemoration and celebration. As the country marked its memorial and Independence Days, there was a short respite in the efforts to cobble together a Knesset coalition able to support a functioning government. On its 73rd birthday, how independent is the state of Israel and how self-sustaining is its political system? To analyze this topic, we're joined from central Israel by Dr. Einat Wilf, who is the, an author and former Israeli member of parliament. Thank you for joining us. Sure. Also, indeed. Also joining us from elsewhere here in Jerusalem is Mr. Dan Diker, who is a senior fellow at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs. Thank you for joining us as well. Thank you all very much, Jonathan. Indeed. And... Uh, our TV7 analyst and host of TV7's Watchmen Talk, Mr. Amir Oren, is here also on today's panel. Mr. Oren, give us a broader understanding where things currently standing on the political scene here in Jerusalem, and to what degree are we indeed independent, considering all the various uh, influences from abroad that seemingly have also an impact on the decision-making here in Israel? Well, Jonathan, we are very fortunate to have uh, an authority on independence here uh, in the panel, Dr. Wilf, who was a member of a party called uh, Atzmaut Independence, uh, a short-lived one uh, headed by uh, former Prime Minister Ehud Barak. Now, no nation is truly independent uh, in this uh, interdependent world, but uh, Israel has managed magnificently in its uh, 73 years to gain a lot of experience and a lot of resources. It seems to lack in leadership because for the last uh, couple of years, it has not been able after four election campaigns to come up with a clear majority on which to base a functioning government. We are approximately at midpoint uh, during um, outgoing uh, and perhaps incoming Prime Minister Netanyahu's efforts to form a government. The numbers are probably not there, but who knows, maybe he will be able to uh, bring closer some lists which right now seem very remote from each other and perhaps uh, veto each other's participation in the uh, coalition. His rivals, uh, headed uh, by Yair Lapid uh, and others, claim that the problem is with Netanyahu personally, that had Likud been led by someone else, there would have been no problem to have Likud either in a national unity government with uh, center and even left of center parties or a right wing uh, coalition in which Likud with its uh, 29 seats, it had 30, but one um, belongs to another party, 29 seats, it's definitely the biggest uh, list in the Knesset. Uh, virtually one quarter of the seats went uh, to Likud. So right now, all efforts center on Netanyahu, whether he will personally manage uh, to come up with the winning number of 61, 
whether he will um, uh, go back to President Rivlin, say he has failed in doing so, or whether, uh, like two years ago, he will manage to get 61 votes in order to call for yet another campaign of early elections. Indeed. Well, I, I'd like to ask, uh, we'll start with Dr. Wolf and uh, if uh, Mr. Diker can uh, uh, follow uh, the, the answer of Dr. Wolf. Uh, to what degree, considering the fact that Netanyahu is struggling in, in forming a coalition, he's been struggling now for uh, quite some time, except for an emergency government in light of the COVID uh, crisis, is there an alternative? Uh, is the opposing bloc also struggling to, to realize a certain coalition if granted the option of do, uh, trying to form one? So well, one of the reasons that we're in this crisis, and there's no question that Israel is experiencing one of its greatest, if not greatest, uh, crisis uh, in terms of, we call it constitutional or parliamentary crisis in our history, is that uh, for a couple of years now, Netanyahu has not been trying to form a government. If he had been trying to form a government, he would have done it very quickly, just as he had done since 2009. Uh, he would have had enough parties, enough support to get the majority, so 61 votes in a 120-member House, 120-member Knesset. But for a couple of years now, he's been trying to get 61 votes, not simply to be prime minister, but he's uh, literally been trying to get a get-out-of-jail card. So he's been trying to get 61 votes that would enable him in one way or another to uh, avoid having to go through the legal proceedings that he's currently in the midst of. He's under trial for uh, bribery and breaching of trust. Uh, so ever since the legal process has begun, uh, he has been trying to use the parliament and the government in order to create some kind of formulation that would allow him to not go through those legal proceedings or to be immune from them or anything that would basically make the moot. And that is a much taller order, ironically, than just being prime minister. And that is why he's repeatedly unable to get the 61 votes, because in many ways that is really kind of pushing uh, our system of government, our constitutional parliamentary system, to its limit. Uh, and so far, actually to the credit of our parliamentary system, he hasn't been able to push it to that limit. Uh, and he hasn't been able also to go back and to just say, okay, what, you know what, I don't mind, I'll be prime minister, let the legal proceedings continue, and I'll just abide by whatever they come up with. And this is why we're stuck. And of course, the other side, uh, and maybe just to add something, and even with that, that without that, Netanyahu is of course a formidable opponent. Um, if he had been a failing prime minister, I'm sure he would have been replaced easily. But uh, he performed relatively well with uh, the challenges of COVID, and especially now with the vaccines. He's a he's a prime minister who's known for essentially placing an is, Israel in a situation where there's no war, no violence. He's even making peace. So he has real achievements to his name. So those who are against him are finding it difficult. They are able to block him from getting the get out of jail card, 
but they're not able to replace him as prime mm. minister. And that's Mr. why we're stuck. Mr. Dyker, your take on this? Well, I, I think Dr. Wilf uh, summed it up extremely well. I just add a couple of points. Number one, um, the, the opposition parties to Prime Minister Netanyahu have called themselves the Coalition for Change, which I think is, is less accurate than calling it the, um, the, the coalition of, uh, of reciprocal cancel either a uh, 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 reciprocal cancellation because within the opposition are sub oppositions between parties, uh, whether it's um, uh, whether it's the rejection of the major opposition party. Uh, there is a future to to uh, to sit with ultra orthodox parties um, uh, nominally on the face of it, even though we could see some fluidity there uh, and uh, and a number of parties within that coalition, five or six parties all have a big problem sitting with one another. So that's why Dr. Wilf says it's very difficult for them numerically, mathematically, in order to knock Prime Minister Netanyahu out of the prime minister's seat. What we might see, though, is, an, is a, um, an, a, a legislative attempt of the opposition parties to Mr. Netanyahu, which is that is the only um, that is the only thing that binds them together is the, re is the rejection of him. Um, we might see a legislative attempt to prevent him uh, as a prime minister under indictment uh, if they pass legislation um, that a, an indicted prime minister, even though he is not a convicted prime minister, uh, they would try to get him uh, to prevent him from running, even though um, I would censor many doubts within that effort because that would be called personalist legislation against any particular candidate which the opposition parties um, themselves uh, uh, would um, reject because of, of possible backlash against them if they were in uh, positions where that legislation would be used against them. The most important point, I think, for um, our audience uh, abroad to understand is the dramatic shift in Israeli politics at this moment with the uh, Ram Party the, of the Southern Islamic Movement um, embracing the possibility of supporting Mr. Netanyahu from the outside. This is unprecedented in Israeli politics um, in which a, a, an Arab party, let alone a, a party of Islamic DNA, would would openly accept the pro the prospect of sitting with a right wing Zionist coalition, uh, and this reflects deep changes in the Israeli Arab sector. Uh, we we they've moved from nationalist, uh, rejectionist uh, slogans against the existence of Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people to a far more pragmatic path uh, towards integrating within the political system. Uh, and as the, the mayor of uh, Rahat, uh, Sheikh Faiz, told me just the other day, he's a major supporter, an ally of uh, Mansour Abbas, who is the 46-year-old dentist chairman of the Ram, the United Arab Party. He said, we want to be part of the state um, decision-making apparatus in order to advance the Arab sector socially, economically, and to, and to counter the terrible crime in the Arab sector. But we may see uh, Mansour Abbas as the kingmaker in a possible narrow 61-member um, coalition by Mr. Netanyahu. Uh, we know ju um, just recently um, Naftali Bennett of the Yamina party has indicated in the media that he will sit under a Netanyahu government uh, and so we really have to wait and see. But Mr. Netanyahu is within two mandates of cobbling together this coalition. It could possibly happen by scraping off two members of um, uh, the breakaway faction from the Likud. Uh, uh, but uh, it's a high-stakes stalemate, but it, 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 it could possibly happen.
With regard to Ramtal or the uh, United Arab List, which, uh, let's face it, it's uh, uh, an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood to a certain extent, uh, it's not very much keen on, on sitting with uh, the, the right-wing Zionist parties for, for various reasons other than what you already mentioned was the economic side of, for attaining added value from such a, a coalition. But within Netanyahu's Likud, within the right-wing uh, Zionist uh, camp, there are plenty of members of uh, parliament who already de- uh, declared openly, some of them haven't done so yet, uh, that they would not sit with them because this would mean that their political careers might come under jeopardy because of their voters rather than uh, something else. But I, I'd like to ask you, Mr. Owen, when we're l- really looking at the various uh, constructs of things, uh, Netanyahu seems to be able to maintain a certain block in his support. Since 2009, there's been just one change, Israel Beitenu. Other than Israel Beitenu, the bloc has not really changed. We saw at two occasions, of course, various uh, uh, situations in which Yamina with Bennett and Yair Lapid uh, with uh, Yeshatid did join Netanyahu uh, and then lost that position quite soon after, which led them to alienate uh, the possibility of sitting with Netanyahu in any future government, which brought us to today. How can Netanyahu bridge those gaps and and realize, okay, I'm going to make some extra overtures in order to uh, sound appealing enough to people like Gidon Sar, who is more right-wing than Netanyahu himself, but yet because of Netanyahu's uh, conduct within the domestic policies rather than foreign relations, uh, he looks at it as problematic within the the scenery or uh, norms of right-wing Zionism or even Zionism at large. Could you please define right-wing in Israeli politics uh, now after the uh, Trump vision for peace um, in which Netanyahu agreed to swap territories in the Negev, in Israel's south, for whatever um, parcel of uh, settlements he can get in the West Bank. Of course, the entire plan was scattered, but but, uh, he actually gave up any expansionist dreams that um, real, true right-wing ideologues or believers uh, held. Also, uh, usually in politics, uh, right-wing parties hold the rule of law and law enforcement above civil rights, the rights of minorities. But Netanyahu himself cannot be portrayed as a champion of the rule of law um, because of his legal troubles. So when you say that Gidon Saar is more right-wing than Netanyahu, it is an open question, uh, what does right-wing mean in Israel now? But having said that, it's really personal. It has nothing to do with policy and everything with the personal venom, vengeance. The, uh, Netanyahu managed to hurt uh, many people's feelings in politics. Einat was a politician. She knows that sometimes you can take a hit and then go to the uh, cafeteria and uh, be friendly uh, outside of uh, camera range. But this has not been the case with Netanyahu because he has been out to get Gidon Saar and others, and they were offended. Personally, he managed 
to offend their families. So they can mend fences with him, but they would rather not. Now, uh, if it turns out that he has the votes, some of them, not Tsar, but Naftali Bennett, may decide that it is in their best interest to suffer under him for uh, an additional period. But if they can veto uh, such um, an eventuality, they will. And also, uh, part of Netanyahu's success has been in what was mentioned here, getting some of uh, the right-wing uh, religious supporters to uh, cross the threshold and get elected. But once there, they are rivaling other parties and they have no interest in forming this coalition in which their own power will be diluted. For them, it is best, even under such a pretext as vetoing uh, Mansour Abbas, when what they really want to do is to um, uh, impair, to uh, support Netanyahu's chances so that they will not be marginalized within the coalition. Uh, I've uh, communicated with one of the top advisors in parliament. Unfortunately, I can't mention his name as it was uh, a closed door uh, consultation. But I'd like to ask you, Dr. Wilf, uh, we discussed the, the viability of, of uh, the various coalitions coming into form. And he told me that one of the, the key options that may take form is Netanyahu trying to form a one-month one government in order to curtail the possibility for alternate Premier and Defense Minister Benny Gantz from attaining uh, the, uh, the power reigns of Jerusalem in November following a fifth election, which then uh, basically take out Netanyahu from the equation. And uh, even if there's a political stalemate, that means that Benny Gantz would remain prime minister until a new viable coalition emerges. Is that something that you could see happening, or is this also something that uh, various parties are considering if they would enter into negotiations with the Israeli leader? Someone once said that Netanyahu had not survived so long in politics by thinking, as they say in Hebrew, that things are going to be all right. Uh, Netanyahu is the living emblem of the Silicon Valley view that only the paranoid survive. Uh, so he is constantly on the lookout uh, for threats, real or imagined, to uh, his possibility of staying in office. And really, that's uh, the key to his long ability to stay in office. One of them is indeed the various uh, legal processes that were put in place with the previous government that basically have made it into law that in November of uh, this year, uh, uh, Gantz will become the prime minister. So in order for him to prevent that eventuality, he needs to change the law. And to change the law, he needs parliament. He needs a majority in parliament. Uh, so yes, that is certainly a possibility. Uh, it's definitely something that he's trying to get out of the way. Uh, one way or another. So I'm sure that's on his agenda as well. Someone said recently that to give, you know, a lot of people said, okay, Netanyahu will get the mandate from the president for 28 days and he will fail. And then all the other parties like Yamina and Gidon Saar will be able to say, look, we were willing to help, especially Bennett's party, Yamina, but he can't get the votes. So now we're going to sit 
with serious political opponents like those on the left in order to save the country and prevent another round of elections in such a short period of time. Uh, but someone said that to hand over the mandate uh, for uh, putting together a government to Netanyahu for 28 days and to think he will fail is like uh, giving uh, MacGyver uh, an old boot, a piece, of, uh, a piece of string and a cup and thinking that he won't build an airplane. Uh, so we know that Netanyahu has been able to be very imaginative, uh, to be to cross a lot of norms that we thought were built into the system, uh, things that could not be done or would not be done, and he did them. So I think the safe assumption is to assume that it's all on the table. Mr. Dyker, your take? Yeah, my take is that uh, Mr. Netanyahu is the embodiment of startup nation. Uh, in the uh, political arena. And he, they have been thinking of out-of-the-box uh, solutions, getting around, as Anat said, all sorts of given legislation that nobody thought would be possible to get around, including what they call the Russian model, whereby uh, a senior member of uh, mis uh, loyal to Mr. Netanyahu uh, in his um, uh, Likud uh, faction would become an interim prime minister. Mr. Netanyahu would possibly become the president uh, but yet there would essentially be a two-headed de facto prime ministership with Mr. Netanyahu influencing from the side as absolutely wild and, and uh, almost unimaginative. What I've just said, this is actually one of the creative options being considered. Um, another one, of course, is, um, is trying to attract two members of Mr. Sars faction. They need just two out of six in order uh, to, to make 61. And there are other creative options for getting the Ram party to be to support from the outside without actually being in the government and then attracting um, another uh, another faction uh, such as Benny Gantz's faction uh, once a minority government is established. Um, and this could follow, you know, a very short interim government in order to prevent um, the former uh, defense minister Gantz from becoming prime minister. So everything is on the table. Everything is possible. Israel truly is the startup nation. And Prime Minister Netanyahu is definitely the startup uh, prime minister, even though he's a veteran prime minister, the longest serving prime minister in Israel's history. Indeed. May, may I make uh, several points? First of all, mm -hmm. MacGyver was never uh, indicted, never had to face uh, such uh, serious charges in which uh, a screwdriver uh, would not be of uh, much help. Also, uh, perhaps 90% of uh, startups uh, fail. Um, if one remembers uh, the, the percentage. So um, being the leader of a startup nation could uh, at times um, be a creative um, solution, but at other times not. And regarding the so-called defectors, um, which um, Netanyahu is uh, trying to headhunt, uh, Gidon Saar was wise enough uh, to uh, take out an insurance policy by uh, having the members of his list sign um, a release, um, they, uh, for all practical reasons, cannot do it. And also, uh, if it is not, as you say, one third of a list, uh, if they go on their own, under law, they cannot serve as ministers in this uh, cabinet. Um, the law has uh, uh, specifically been designed to block uh, such an option. Also, there is no real uh, reason 
for politicians to bet on Netanyahu now. He is anathema to most other politicians. Uh, if he had uh, a four-year uh, horizon um, in which uh, they could thrive, perhaps, but right now, um, if he either fails or uh, goes to, to a fifth election campaign, uh, it doesn't seem uh, sensical for anyone to uh, jump ship um, in order to save him. Well, we're drawing near to the end of the program, so I'd like to give each and every one of you the opportunity to have somewhat of a closing analysis for where are we heading from here, of course, uh, by the time uh, that we may be able to communicate about uh, this specific topic again. The 28 days have not yet concluded, and there is still time for Netanyahu to try and form a coalition with possibly also receiving an extension of 14 days from President Ruven Rivlin, which may not necessarily uh, uh, be the case in light of uh, dire relations between the two persons. But uh, shortly, Dr. Wilf, where do you see the, the things heading from here in the near future? So first of all, uh, I mean, no one has grown rich so far by betting against Netanyahu, so we'll put that out there. Uh, I will say that Israel's current crisis could have at least a glass half full uh, perspective. I think we're seeing around the world various democracies going through deep crises of themselves. Maybe 50 years from now, we'll understand how social media technology, the Internet has influenced uh, the fact that so many democracies have gone into crisis, uh, the failure of deliberative bodies, of parliaments, of democracies to create a sense of solidarity. But uh, I think what we're actually seeing is that our parliamentary system, even though it's bursting at the seams, it's being pulled uh, to its extremities, is holding it together. And I think while we're still in the midst of a crisis, we will ultimately get out of it as a democracy, as a parliamentary democracy, and move forward. Indeed. Mr. Diker? I, I think that what we will see will be political reform in, in what is very much, has been said on this program, a constitutional crisis that will prevent future prime ministers from serving more than two terms, adopting part of the British, uh, um, the British legislative system, uh, which creates more stability within the parliamentary um, uh, context, uh, and as well, I think that we should we, we should look very carefully at what happens if Mr. Netanyahu does not succeed within the 28 days, assuming he does not get the additional 14-day extension from the president. We should look at what has previously seemed unimaginable, which is that uh, at least the Ashkenazic ultra-Orthodox party um, and um, uh, Yesh Atid, the secular uh, center center-left party, may agree to sit together. And you may, and all eyes should be on Naftali Bennett. For, for coalescing a what what could be a sixty to a, a sixty plus a sixty one plus member coalition uh, with the ultra orthodox uh, parties with the uh, right wing Zionist party uh, uh, Yamina and New Hope and uh, uh, and uh, and ultimately perhaps the Likud without Indeed. Netanyahu in a situation in which Mr Netanyahu does not succeed in his first attempt uh, which uh, uh, then would protect. Mr. Um, uh, Naftali Bennett saying would protect his right wing flank, his right wing credibility, saying right. I gave it my all. And now he could create a right wing religious coalition within the opposition parties. We'll have to wait and see uh, to understand where things are going and hopefully we'll be able to discuss those uh, in the near future. But this is all the time that we have for today. So I'd like to thank Dr. Wilf, Mr. Diker and 
Mr. Owen for being part of today's panel, and I'd like to thank our viewers as well, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.